As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Adventure has its own style. It's made up of tall trees, unpaved trails, and at the center, the most capable Subaru Forester yet. The 2024 Subaru Forester Wilderness. It comes with 9.2 inches of ground clearance paired with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and advanced dual-function X-Mode. Discover adventure on a deeper level. The 2024 Subaru Forester Wilderness. Visit Subaru.com slash wilderness to explore the family of rugged Subaru Wilderness models. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish podcast for independent minds. So big picture, Donald Trump, as we've discussed on an ongoing basis, facing four criminal indictments, the prospect of four different criminal trials, two federal court, two in state courts, one in New York, one in Georgia. And then you've got that Section 3 of the 14th Amendment challenge on behalf of Colorado and Maine and by extension other states, you know, creating all of this legal peril for him and the open question of whether he's going to trial anywhere before Election Day. uh, Any minute we're going to get a decision from the three judge panel from the Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit for the Circuit Court in the District of Columbia. They've already had argument. And then when they rule, I expect that the losing side, probably Trump, in my mind, is going to seek uh, review by the court on banc, which means the full court of appeals. The biggest looming question in that case for me is what happens to that case in the interim? Because I'm doing this from memory. I think he has 45 days to appeal the three judge panel ruling. And then when the circuit court is concluded, he's got up to 90 days before asking the Supreme Court to take a look. And obviously, Donald Trump wants to run out the clock. So that's in a very loose manner of explanation. That's sort of the update on the Judge Tanya Chutkin case. The Mar-a-Lago document case, that judge, which is the case is sitting in federal court in Florida, doesn't seem like she's in any rush to get that one before a jury, before Election Day. I don't put any prospect in that. Alvin Bragg, as far as I know, in New York, and this is the payoff to the porn star Still has the case on the docket on the schedule for March. You don't hear much about that of anything. And then there's Fonnie Willis and Fulton County, Georgia. And in Fulton County, Georgia, the election interference case against Trump and against 14 of his allies has been jeopardized by these allegations that the main prosecutor engaged in a romantic relationship with a lawyer that she hired to help with the case. So... That's why Trump and one of his co-defendants, Michael Roman, are trying to convince a judge that the alleged relationship has created a conflict of interest that should be grounds for disqualifying Fonnie Willis. How likely is that? And what specifically is the issue in play here? I've got the right person for the task in Clark Cunningham, an expert in legal ethics and a law professor at Georgia State University. Professor Cunningham, thank you so much for being here. Here's my twofold objective with you. My objective is to educate the audience with the big picture of what this issue is all about. And then I want to drill down on specifically what is the ethical question. So let's go to the first of those. Big picture it for me. What's it all about? Certainly. So uh, in any criminal case, a defendant can file a motion or a request 
in front of the judge who is handling the case, asking that the prosecutor here, the district attorney, be disqualified from the case. Um, and if that motion is granted in Georgia, that means that the DA who is in charge of the prosecutor's office here in Metro Atlanta, not only is she removed from the case, but her entire staff is removed from the case because their authority to proceed derives from her as an elected official. If that happens under Georgia law, there's a state agency which is charged to then appoint a special prosecutor. If that happens in this case, if Roman succeeds, or now Donald Trump and Robert Shealy have also filed similar motions, at a minimum, the case is slowed up greatly. Uh, it, in fact, it may be that the case doesn't move it forward at all before the general election. Uh, 18 months ago, a similar motion was granted during the special grand jury stage of this investigation or this case. Uh, one of the uh, targets of the investigation then, Burt Jones, who is now lieutenant governor, filed a motion to disqualify D.A. Willis, which was granted. Uh, she was precluded from continuing to investigate or prosecute him. It's now 18 months later. No special prosecutor has yet been appointed. Wow. We we uh, are talking about this, and it's in the public domain because of Michael Roman, right? In other words, he was the one who, who put forth the request that she be disqualified and made the claims about her, his saying, inappropriate relationship with the special prosecutor in this case. She's not yet acknowledged that. Am I right? Correct. Um, that motion was made on January 8th. Um, the allegations were made in the motion, the piece of paper filed in court, but Mr. Roman's lawyer didn't file any evidence to support those allegations. So there was no uh, sworn statement from somebody who had personal knowledge. There was no document or anything like that. They were just, just accusations. Um, and that's still where things stand in terms of the court file. Uh, Trump has filed a similar motion. Uh, Trump campaign lawyer Robert Sheely has filed a separate motion. They still haven't provided any evidence to support these accusations. Uh, there is an evidentiary hearing scheduled for February 15th in front of the judge, Judge McAfee. Evidentiary means that the judge can hear evidence, and we've just um, seen reporting that uh, Mr. Roman's lawyers have subpoenaed um, Mr. Wade, the special prosecutor, uh, and D.A. Willis. That's this alleged improper relationship. He's also subpoenaed records to, uh, and attempting to show travel that they've under that they, they took together, and he subpoenaed a lot of other people. So we aren't going to really know if there's any evidence supporting these allegations until February 15th, at least at this point. However, the district attorney is supposed to file a response to, uh, tomorrow, February 2nd. Um, it's possible that she would admit that some of these allegations are true, uh, or she might provide, uh, she might rebut them and provide evidence to the contrary, like an affidavit signed by her. At this point, though, there's no evidence in the record. Okay, and I completely appreciate that. In the context of his divorce, Nathan Wade, we know, or I think we know, that he traveled with Fonnie Willis and that he paid for her tickets. Or, or am I stretching what's yet been revealed? What we there, there are two sources of information we have which are not part of the case against Donald Trump. Um, uh, the uh, Nathan Wade uh, is involved in a divorce case, and he, uh, his wife filed something in the divorce case and attached to it bank records, his bank records. Uh, our local daily newspaper got that filing and those bank records, 
and reported a story based not only on those bank records, but they then did their own investigation uh, accessing airline records from, in this case, the American Airlines website. The most significant piece of uh, fact reported by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution actually isn't from that bank records filing, but from the American Airlines website, which according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution shows that Nathan Wade and uh, Bonnie Willis traveled together to Aruba and that he paid for at least a, a seat upgrade. And then the bank records show that he paid for, a, uh, I think, the Hyatt Regency in Aruba a couple of days later. So Wait a minute. That, Professor, does that, does that mean that, that somebody can go track my – can somebody go track my travel? Apparently, if you travel on American Airlines, that's the case. They tried to track out information on Delta flights, and apparently Delta doesn't provide the same open access. I, I was astonished to, to hear Bill Rankin, the lead reporter – uh, on a podcast to describe that this is the case, but that's that's my basis of information. Okay, so let me play devil's advocate with you. By the way, this is Clark Cunningham, and thank you. This is exactly what I was hoping you would deliver. Clark Cunningham is an expert in legal ethics and a law professor at Georgia State University. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The Michael Smirconish Program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. Clark Cunningham is an expert in legal ethics and a law professor at Georgia State University. Okay, so let me play devil's advocate with you. Why why should any of this be the public's business if, in fact, Nathan Wade is doing a quality job? He's been hired to perform a task. He's performing it. He can use his money any way he sees fit, including taking a friend of his on a trip. Well, I see uh, Donald Trump and his co-defendants. They're pretty explicitly making one argument, and I think there are two other arguments that are kind of in the wings. Maybe one of them is already being made. The first argument, under Georgia law, I think it's true probably in every state, a, a, a prosecutor, a district attorney, is not allowed to have a personal interest or stake in the prosecution of a defendant. Because the, the, the prosecutor is supposed to be objective. So, for example, if District Attorney Willis received information tomorrow, tech, uh, which was persuasive that Donald Trump would, did not commit some of the crimes for which he has been charged, she, as an objective public servant, should dismiss those charges uh, because she doesn't have a stake one way or the other as to whether Donald Trump gets convicted. But if a district attorney has a personal stake, then that objectivity is at risk. 
So that's the standard. So if they can show that District Attorney Willis has a personal interest or stake in the prosecution of Donald Trump or his co-defendants, that's a very strong basis for disqualification. The argument they're making is that she has a financial stake in the prosecution because uh, Nathan Wade, her alleged uh, uh, romantic partner, has received over $600,000 in payments from the District Attorney's Office as a contract lawyer. It's a huge amount of money. Um, and the argument is that um, I think is going to be that, that the two of them really conspired together to, to make this case as complicated as possible so that he would make a lot of money. And because of her romantic interest, she would be interested in him making a lot of money. And then the argument is she's also personally benefited because he's using this wealth he's acquired to take her on trips like to, the, to Aruba, to Napa, uh, allegedly two Caribbean cruises. So that, that's, that's the argument that we see in front of us. Can I wait? Can I can I interrupt and and respond to that? Absolutely. If the case were completely flimsy and not one where I think the number is four have already taken plea agreements, if it had been created out of whole cloth, just with a profit motive for the two of them in mind, maybe I would see that. But I and I'm not I'm not prejudging Trump as being guilty, but I I don't think it's a bogus case. Well, the. The test for disqualification is whether there's a significant, <clears throat> significant risk that the attorney's personal interests are going to interfere with her doing her job. Not that it has, in fact, interfered with her doing her job, but there's a significant risk. Hmm. I'm not saying at this point that I have an opinion one way or the other whether the motion to disqualify would succeed. What I've been saying is that the risks are significant enough of a disqualification motion being granted significant because the consequences are so severe for the case that district attorney Willis should consider taking a temporary leave of absence from her job right now. Um, that would make the motion for disqualification go away, particularly if Nathan Wade is subsequently terminated. And that that's really the best way to keep this case on track. And I don't say that because I've reached a conclusion in my own mind that the motion should be granted, but just looking at it strategically right now, that's the I one get thing it. she can do. To yeah, I get it. I mean, the op- the optics, Professor, the optics are terrible. The optics are absolutely terrible. She should never have hired him if, in fact, she knew they were having a relationship or about to have a relationship. And the and frankly, the moment that she did hire him, th- then then she should have recused herself or done something to erect a barrier between herself and the case. Yeah, I that, that's certainly true. Uh, what what are really the uh, what are the other two arguments? You said there were three arguments, and you gave me one of them. What are the other two? Okay, so the second one that that's been made by Mr. Cheeley is uh, a, a different standard for disqualification of a prosecutor, which is called appearance of impropriety. That's a standard that's usually used for judges, not prosecutors. But in the prior situation, where um, uh, now Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones won his motion for to disqualify. The judge who made that ruling, a different judge, Judge McBurney, kind of dropped a footnote saying, uh, it's rare to disqualify a prosecutor for an appearance of impropriety, but this is such a case. So uh, it's, it's quite possible that lawyers are going to say appearance of impropriety. That standard really doesn't, you need, the defendant doesn't need to show that he or she has been prejudiced. The disqualification is really just to protect the integrity of the system. Um, and so that um, that may be a, an easier basis for them to proceed. It also allows, in this case, Mr. Cheeley and, and Steve Sato, who's representing Trump, 
to bring into the case things that the district attorney has done since the January 8th motion was filed. And so there, uh, Sato uh, filed his motion and argued that a speech she gave on Martin Luther King Day right. violated the ethics applying to, to prosecutors. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, she, uh, let me pull the quote out here, because it was, it was transcribed and broadcast. And so she said at one point, God, wasn't it them that attacked this lawyer of impeccable credentials, the black man I chose, referring to Nathan Wade? So that's mm-hmm. pretty clearly describing the defendants as as racist and mm-hmm. filing this mm-hmm. out of race. Uh, you know that probably violated uh, uh, Georgia ethical rules and really ethical rules in any state about a prosecutor making statements out of court to defame or put the defendant in a bad light. That by itself probably wouldn't be a basis. Might not be a basis for disqualification. Uh, but then, Keeley adds the fact that in the Wade versus Wade divorce case. Uh, Nathan Wade's wife uh, served a subpoena on D.A. Willis to appear as a, for a deposition. She filed a motion to uh, stop that from happening, a motion to quash. And in that motion, she really kind of went further than most of us think she needed to go. And she dropped a line accusing Nathan's wife uh, of obstruction of justice, of filing, of trying to subpoena her for a deposition in conspiracy with the Trump defendants. You know, I think Judge McAfee might look at that and look at the Martin Luther King Day speech. And then if, the, if it's true that she had a romantic relationship before she hired Nathan Wade, um, I think that it's pretty that there's real question about whether he was, as she says, uniquely qualified for the position. Um, was he being overpaid? Um, the whole thing, the judge might say, this is an appearance of impropriety. You need I, we need to have a special prosecutor step in. Do you want to hear the third reason? Absolutely. The third reason is, I think, maybe the most serious problem that Mr. Wade and the district attorney face, and that is his billing. So he's been paid maybe over six hundred and fifty thousand dollars since about two over the span of two years. The rate at two hundred fifty dollars an hour is not controversial. Um but the number of hours he's been paid for is really significant because it adds up to such a huge amount of money. Well, uh, attached to Mr. Roman's motion were invoices that she, her, his lawyer obtained from the county uh, up through April of this year. And they are about the worst lawyer invoices I've ever seen. And I, I do expert witness work a lot, and I spend a lot of time looking at in lawyer invoices. These are just about the worst I've ever seen. Why? Why do example, you say that? Well, for example, he, he has a line where he charges $10,000, $10,000. I'm looking at it here. And this is what he, what he files in support of asking to be paid $10,000. Um, let's see here. Um, by, the, by the way, let me just say parenthetically while you're searching, we, we clearly got the right, right individual to explain to us the nitty gritty of what this is all about. So thank you for that, Professor Cunningham. So this is all he submits to the district attorneys in support of being paid $10,000. He puts in the dates 2623-21023. That's a week. He puts down 40 hours at 250, and then he provides five, five words, meetings with defense and motions research. You're an experienced attorney, Michael. You know, would you expect somebody to pay you $10,000 no. if you just said, spent 40 no. hours this last week? 
No, no. hell no. I, I would I would I would expect it to be accounted for on a quarter hour basis. Exactly. Exactly. And so uh, there's a the state Senate has set up an investigative committee with subpoena powers. Uh, and I think they're going to be very aggressive. Uh, and they're saying they're mostly worried about whether tax dollars have been misspent. If they subpoena way, the first thing I would think they would ask for is let's see your underlying timekeeping records to document that you actually spent these hours. Oh, boy. It's yeah. quite possible he can't produce any contemporaneous time records, which would be a huge problem. Um, it may even be that a good investigation would show that uh, for time that he billed the county, he was in court on another case or to, to, to go into tabloid world. And maybe he billed for a week that he's actually on a Caribbean cruise. Holy that, smokes. Of course, um, that, of course, becomes theft by deception under Georgia law, probably wire fraud, because these bills are submitted to an email address. That, Professor, that by, by the way, this, this is Clark Cunningham. He's an expert in legal ethics and a law professor at Georgia State University, breaking down for us what is really driving the controversy surrounding the Fulton County District Attorney prosecution of Trump and 14 others. So uh, final thought. The only thing I think I know for sure, based on your description of of what's going on, is that this is not going to get resolved quickly. And in the big picture sense of whether Trump is going to get to trial before Election Day, I thought there was a a prospect if the federal case continues to be litigated, the January 6th one, that maybe this would be first. I'm no longer of that opinion. Well, there is one way I think this case goes first, and that's the choice that is completely in the hands of Fonnie Willis. Uh, You know, I would strongly suggest that she take a leave of absence today. Tomorrow is when the response is due. If she takes a leave of, res- of absence today, the statute is very clear. All she has to do is designate the chief deputy attorney to act as district attorney in her absence. That person terminates Wade's contract. The financial profit argument is then immediately gone because there's no money to be made going but forward. He would, but he would have to be replaced. You would have to, rep- And somebody's going to have to get up to speed in time to try the case. She has a really good office. She has two other excellent contract attorneys, John Floyd and and someone else uh, on board. It's a big office. Um, I suspect that that case could proceed just fine without Nathan Wade. Wow. Uh, You know, I know for a fact. But she could do that. uh, And the case just moves forward. And it looks like there's a big hole this spring because the D.C. trial, uh, you know, is probably not going to happen until after April at the earliest. Right. What she could do, what the what the new uh, acting district attorney could do, is sever Trump alone, go to trial like Jack Smith, just against Trump. Keep it simple, keep it short. Go to trial next month, and it's televised for the whole world. Right, an important part of this. Right, it's not like the federal uh, standard that doesn't allow it. Professor, that was excellent, and I am very appreciative. Thank you so much for allowing us to uh, to take so much of your time. Well, uh, I watch your show, uh, so I'm delighted to be uh, your guest. That's nice of you to say. Thank you. Okay, that is Clark Cunningham, ladies and gentlemen, an expert in legal ethics and a law professor at Georgia State University. I know I know some of that was in the weeds, but holy smokes, like now you get it. And 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 I'm completely disabused by what he said of the idea. I was prepared to argue it two ways. One of them being, hey, who cares? You know, he gets to do what he wants as, as long as he's he's doing a reputable job and he's charging a fair rate. He, whatever he does with he Wade does with his money as the prosecutor, it's not our business. But it's much more complicated than that.
should Fonnie Willis step aside and and by the professor's explanation today, today, like by the end of the day today, otherwise this case is not going to trial in the near future. This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The Michael Smirconish Program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. Gang, I thought that Clark Cunningham was an excellent guest, and he just laid out for us the nitty-gritty of what's going on in the Fulton County prosecution of Donald Trump. He's convinced me, he's absolutely convinced me, that Fonnie Willis needs to step aside and do so immediately, or it could jeopardize that prosecution of Donald Trump. Tom, you're in Bay Village, Ohio. Greetings. You're thinking what? Uh, Thanks for taking the call, Michael. I'm thinking that I learned more in five minutes from that professor than I've been able to glean from the two months that this story's been floating. He was outstanding. Yeah, he was. him again. Yes, I agree. Um, and you know, holy it's, holy. it's he may, I if, feel... if the definition of smart is making big, complex issues simple. Uh, he did it. Well, here's um, what was running. Here's what was it. running through. Here's what was running through my mind as he was speaking: that that this was really a a service, a mitzvah for the audience that he should explain it this well. But there are so many others out there who won't have the benefit of his thinking, who instead will chalk it all up to politics. If Fonnie Willis is removed from this, or even if today she takes the advice and steps aside, some will think that that there was nothing that she did wrong. There was no reason, but the politics demanded it. And that's not the truth. Well, that's what I would have thought. There's no question about it. And, and, And the fact that he came with a solution... And it seems pretty neat. Like it's a clean, sensible, uh, uh, you know, pick up the ball and run with it solution for everybody except the defendant. Um, it, it, I don't know why you wouldn't do that other than the pride issue. You know, that, that, that speech that she gave in the pulpit, she didn't seem like she was too interested no. to move it. No, there did. She did not seem like someone who was about to to fold the tent. But if she, thank you, Tom. I share your I share your view. But if if today, 
if today the news should come that Fannie Willis voluntarily is, is stepping down from this prosecution, the POTUS audience will be the least surprised out there. And remember, tomorrow, her response, February 2nd, tomorrow, her response is due in this case. And then the hearing is February 15th. And, 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 you know, if I'm Fannie Willis, I'm not. I'm not looking forward to the prospect of of having to respond to all of this tomorrow, and I'm certainly not looking forward to having to go testify on the 15 because it's it's all a bit tawdry, right? Uh, to remind people, TC, as to what was said in the church when I guess it was two weeks ago at the Bethel Church, the people of his county elected him to make that decision. In fact, let me put it on the record: he's someone I respect. Because he was always willing to hire diversity, he was just looking for quality. I don't care political party, they care about it. My only question is, why is it questioning? Lord, now I want to be clear, all three of these special counselors are superstars. But I'm just asking God, Is it that some will never see a black man as qualified, no matter his achievements? What more can one achieve? The other two have never been judges, but no one questions their credentials. I'm just saying. Right. Is she just saying, though, that it's all racism? And does that go to argument number two that Clark Cunningham advanced, which is an appearance of of impropriety? Uh, That's the question. Uh, Peyton, where are you? There you are. Lando Lakes, Florida. Peyton, what did you most want to say? Hi, Michael. I uh, was listening with interest to the uh, professor from Georgia, and he made the comment that it seemed odd that the uh, gentleman who's working with her just sent in a kind of short bill, 40 hours, dealing with defendants and stuff. Uh, Criminal defense lawyers routinely charge a flat fee up front and don't keep track of their hours. So I don't find that to be out of the way at all. Now, civil lawyers every once in a while, you know, try to change ethics rule and make it all be uh, accounted for. But the reality is that you can't bill after a case is over for a criminal defendant. So that's the way the criminal defense uh, Peyton, lawyers Peyton, I totally, work. I totally get that. You know, I come to you and I've been charged with murder and you're going to represent me soup to nuts and you're going to say, OK, here's the number that it's going to cost. But in this case, he was hired on an hourly basis because he's, he's been hired, I'm sure, in large part because it's public monies that are at stake here. And he's a private attorney in this instance. So he's been hired on a 250 per hour basis, not as a flat sum. Right. But if he writes down, I spent 40 hours this week doing that, that if he's if he does criminal law most of the time, that's not a unusual thing to say and way to keep track of stuff. But anyway, and one other okay. thing, I, you no, said I hear your in, point. Yeah. Yeah. And in New York, you said that uh, the public's not really interested in a case that deals with uh, sex with Donald Trump. Trump and Stormy Daniels, but if that's the case, then they shouldn't be worried about the motion with the Georgia prosecutor. Right. I mean, I hear you, but on the other hand, if she's got skin in that game, it makes it different, right? I I was prepared to hear and entertain (laughs) and entertain the argument that says it's not our business. Like let let them do their thing. 
But he convinced me otherwise otherwise with the three ways that he he approached it. But I'm nonetheless very appreciative that you would call and and make your very worthy point. So thank you for that. Uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Greetings, Michael. What did you want to say? Hey, I'm Mike. I enjoy your show. Thank you. Um, uh, Yeah, you can't help but to think that a lot of this stuff, and, and let me preface my remarks, I don't like Trump at all. I wish he'd go away. That being said, what was the case in New York, the civil trial with the attorney general uh, uh, for fraud? Was that a civil trial? Well, that's about that. Yeah, that shoe is about to drop. He's about to get whacked. I think it with a huge number, maybe even a bigger number than E. Jean Carroll. Well, that's 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 what looks like coming down the pike. Uh, But how can you not? How can somebody reasonably and again, I don't like Trump. But how can somebody reasonably look at that case and say that that's not political when she ran her platform for office on the fact that she would get Donald Trump? And then and then you add that's the, the, the Fonnie Wilkes, you add the Fonnie Willis situation. Um, I, the Mar-a-Lago documents might be the only legit thing they've got to go on. Mar-a-Lago documents case I've always believed was the strongest of the cases because he has no defense on the facts. They've got the footage. They've got the texts. Uh, It's just so clean unless he can assert that the attorney-client privilege should never have been breached. Because remember, they were able to get a lot of the attorney's communications, which is highly unusual. But look, what you're really saying, Mike, is that it looks like piling on. And and here's a question I have asked in the past, and people don't like me asking it. If Donald Trump, if Donald Trump were not running, would he be facing these indictments? If he'd gone quietly back to Mar-a-Lago after losing the election, would he be facing the challenge that he's facing? And I think the answer is that he wouldn't. And almost therefore, by yeah. definition, you're saying then it seems political. No, which which like now that. let me say, yeah, yeah let me say it because you've said it. I'm not here to carry his water. I'm not here to defend him. But I can't be the only one thinking in these terms, given that he's facing all this legal peril and he's still leading in the polls, at least to the battleground states, according to to Bloomberg. Uh, This is Ned in Vienna, Virginia. Hi, Ned. What did you most want to say? On the Fonnie Willis thing, um, I'm a little gun shy. So I think that if if it's true, she knows, he knows, she should recuse herself. If it's not true, then it's I'm fine with her staying on. But what's important is the case itself and that it moves forward with alacrity. So I think that they sh- she should step aside and appoint a special uh, prosecutor or counselor so that the, the, the case itself can stay on track, that that's the most important thing, not her involvement in it. It's the strength of the case itself. I read Clark Cunningham's opinion recently, and I said to TC, please try and book this individual. I want to hear what he has to say, and I want someone with this level of granular knowledge to break down what it's all about. I did not know, this was fortuitous, pure luck on our part that it happened today, and tomorrow is the day by which Fonnie Willis has to file the motion. So the day is young. We, we will see what transpires and whether there is any change on her part and whether she does step aside. 
and we will be the least surprised if that is the case. The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com.